Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Psychic's Thoughts. Today, I'll be discussing an episode that I've been, and a topic that I've been wanting to discuss for a while now. I actually recorded a podcast earlier, but it had so many technical hiccups and interruptions and whatnot, I just decided to scrap it and redo it. So, I know I've been in a lot of podcast recording mode because starting next week, I'm really going to start grinding and working on my uh, album, and then I've got a lot of other things coming up, so I don't know how much time I'll have this summer to do as many podcasts as I've been wanting to. So I'm kind of getting them all out of the way now. Not out of the way, I'm just doing them now while I have the time. So, once again, thank you for joining me. I have a new album on the way. Uh, I've got some other episodes that you might enjoy. Uh, I talk about video games, and uh, that that's the majority of what I talk about now. But rap, films, video games, entertainment industry as a whole, other things I like to talk about at nauseum. My poor parents are, and girlfriend are going to... They'd never listen to this podcast. They don't need to. They, they already know all this stuff just by me talking too much. So I figured I'd put it somewhere to somewhat good use if I'm informing, entertaining, or just kind of uh, killing out the ambient noise so you don't hear the rattlings in your head when you try to sleep at night or do some work. Whatever I can do to help, I'm here. <laughs> but yes, today I wanted to discuss the Oculus Quest 2. Now, so this doesn't drag on into a two-hour podcast, which I very well will do at some point. I just want to say that I already have a video, not a video, I'm, th- see, I wanted to do YouTube videos, but they're too difficult and too time-consuming, not difficult, I'm a filmmaker, they're just too time-consuming to do on top of everything else I do, so I do podcasts, a little easier and kind of a new way for me to just talk and not worry about other things, I really enjoy doing them, um, but yes, not a video, but I have other podcast episodes out, uh, one about my first month in using the Oculus Quest 2. Uh, please go check that out. I give all the specific info that you may need to buy it, some key tips and tricks and things to look out for, and my first impressions on it within a month of playtime, right? Month of usage. So, Go check that out if you want more info on kind of beginner stuff. This is a this is this episode is more based on if you've already heard that episode, if you know what it is, that way I'm not repeating myself or saying or you know bloating the time trying to explain all the specifications of the actual hardware. But just to clarify, I'm talking about the Oculus Quest 2. It's a VR headset you know, owned by Facebook, you can buy it online. It's, you know, it's the price of a full console, almost. Uh, it's about 400, uh, 300 to 400 bucks, depending on which version you get. The only difference between the versions are storage size. Um, completely wireless, other than when charging, or if you link it to your PC. And even then, they have some updates that are making that wireless play. So that's kind of cool. And, uh, yeah, it's an all-in-one. It's It's a full gaming console. It's got about three and a half hours of battery. And I'll talk about that later. Not three and a half, two and a half to three hours of playtime on on its full charge, um, which isn't bad. But it's pretty much the only big hardware con that I have. Um, so yeah. And uh, today I just want to give an update on my thoughts. I want to talk about some of the games I have, what I like, what I want to see for improvements. Um, because this is six months in to having this 
new hardware. I'm new to VR. This is my first entry into having anything to do with VR. I've read books on it and I've done my research and I've played at friend's house with VR, but I've never had VR until now. And I'm six months into it. And short story short, I love it. Uh, if you have the money, if you're looking for a new console, I'm not just meaning an upgrade, like an Xbox Series X or PlayStation 5 or new PC rig, which you should probably do at some point because these games are getting incredible. But beside that, if you want an actual change, something completely new, if you've never been in VR and you want it to be affordable and kind of just manageable, especially if you don't have a PC, or especially if you don't have the time always to invest in the hardware and the expense of it, definitely check out Oculus Quest 2. Also, if you have no problem linking your Facebook account, that's kind of a downside for a lot of people. You're required to have a Facebook account in good standing to use it. I personally you know, don't mind too much. I'm not a fan of it, but I'm also just, they already are tracking shit. They already have a grip on all social media and, and other places. I mean... They own the headset. Just know that they own it going into it. I mean, it's just one of those things that happens. It's unfortunate that such few companies own so much, but that's just how it is. So if you know that going in, you're good. But really, short story is if you don't want to listen to this whole thing, I love, I've been having a blast. I love it. Um, and I highly recommend you get it if you can. There's, there's almost no reason not to. Really, it's, it's a stellar piece of hardware and it's extremely fun. But now I'm going to get into the specifics, the things I love, the things I've been playing, and some of the things I don't love and would love to see for improvement. So stick around. Okay, so now that we got the intro out of the way, let's talk about the pros of the Oculus Quest 2. First of all, price and compatibility. I already mentioned that in the intro. It's just, it's pretty inexpensive for what you're getting. You're getting a full console. Controllers, the headset, the charger... Um, right out of the box. Now, a few tips and tricks. I would buy instantly. I would buy a VR, a, the more suitable memory foam, PU, fake leather, whatever, whichever one you want to go, go with. Silicone um, face shield. It's a little plastic implement that is the padding for your face. So it doesn't, you know, it's not just pure plastic stabbing into your face when you're wearing the headset because the one it comes with is feasible for like five minutes it's extremely itchy especially if you have sensitive skin like me um collect sweat it gets dirty instantly it's it's a piece of shit do not keep it for very long do not use it for very long invest the 30 dollars in two or three really comfortable face masks that are easy to uh clean and that have actual airflow it's not like you can't breathe when you're wearing. I'm not saying you're suffocate. I'm just saying it doesn't fog up your lens as much. It's just it's just something that they clearly lacked uh quality on in order to cut costs down. That's a clear no-brainer that they decided to do. And it's okay. I guess I mean pay 30 bucks for a couple replacements. I've I did it within the first month and Radical change in comfort. I'm talking like out of 10 out, 10 out of 10 being best comfort ever, it was probably at a 5 or 6 with comfort. I had to wear like a neck gaiter just to protect my face, and it gave me acne. It was awful. Maybe even lower than a 5 out of 10. Uh, but it was 5 or 6 maybe 
I don't know, somewhere in that range, right? It was bad. It was not comfortable. Got the new face shield and the Elite strap. You don't have to get the Elite strap. I just did because, you know, it's part of Oculus. I thought eh, it'd be good. I've heard that they can break. I, mine hasn't. Just if you get it, be careful with it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why they're breaking. Maybe it's a manufacturing issue. But an Elite strap, a better strap, wherever you decide to get one, better head strap than the default one. It's manageable for a while, but it starts to dig in. It starts to, it throws you off balance. It can hurt your back. It can add more pressure to your head. It's just not truly, should. it shouldn't have been the headset. That's the other thing they kind of cut to cut costs. It's not the end of the world. These are just things that help with comfort, right? They don't prohibit or, or reduce actual gameplay experience unless... You know, if you're uncomfortable, you don't play as well, which for VR seems to be a pretty pertinent factor that influences me. So I invested in those things. All in all, they cost about 80 dollars $80 for both things. Um, the Elite head straps on the more expensive side of, of head straps you can get. So you can get one that's cheaper that does almost the same thing. Um, that instantly made things more comfortable, adjustable, reduced my headaches, reduced my back pains, made everything feel more balanced and... And, uh, yeah, so those two investments took my comfort from a five or six, I guess, to an eight, solid eight. It's just comfortable. It's not going to ever be a 10 because, for me, VR is just never going to be as comfortable sitting down and playing video games, but that helps immediately. So what you get out of the box is fine, but I'm just saying those two accessories alone help tremendously. If you're really worried about the battery life, which is the only con... It's not a huge con, it's just something to keep in mind. It's a pretty, they say it's a three hour battery life. It's a two and a half hour battery life once you get into a game. Just just prepare for two and a half hours, right? Because you're doing updates, you're talking to friends, whatever. You might take a minute to get into game. So by the time you're in the game, and then it just depends on the actual game, how much it wears down your battery. And they fluctuate. Echo VR, one of my favorite games, a really fun free to play, which I'll get to later. That game wears down my battery quick. I'm talking two hours, and it's my battery depleted. It's the fastest depleting game I have. Uh, whereas Onward, really fun military sim shooter I like, probably two and a half, near three hours. So I get about 30 to 45 more minutes on it, and it doesn't feel like it's degrading as quickly. So just prepare for actual two and a half hours of gameplay, or two hours, two to two and a half hours of gameplay. It's it may be an, it gets annoying at times. So, especially how fun and immersive it is. So, uh, I highly, I don't recommend. I, I don't know enough. I haven't done it, so I can't recommend it. But if that really, if you know from the start, like, oh, I can't do that. I need way more juice. Uh, get a get a qualified, a certified power bank battery that you can either manually strap to your headset or get the one the elite strap with the battery. That, I think that'll give you an extra two to three hours, which will make a difference. And it's the elite head strap, so it balances things out. I might get it at some point. Honest to God, I might, just because of the games I play and how much I've been having fun. I might. I'm not sure yet. Uh, I have to do more research. So keep that in mind. But other than that, I all, all honesty, I'm just getting those things out of the way so you know jumping in if you decide to buy this or if you already have it. But other than that, and those are all hardware things, and those are all subjective. Those are just my views and opinions. And a lot of people agree on these things to to invest in, but um, but it's up to you at the end of the day. 
those are those and I'll get to that a little more in detail in the cons section. But right now for the pros, once you open up the box, you get the controllers, you get the headset, you get the charger, you get all of it. You turn it on. I think it actually has 30 to 40% battery once you get it from the box. You might want to just plug it in, charge it to full, whatever. You get, put it on, you get it set up, you log in with your accounts. Oh, get the Oculus Companion app on Android or, or iOS, whatever you have. Um, I, I have iOS. It makes a world of difference. It's so, so helpful. It's almost like you need it. You, you just need it. There's no reason not to have it. It helps you check if your friend's online. You can chat through it even if you don't have your headset on. You can check for in-game. You can buy things, return things, manage everything. You can check for in-store uh, sales because almost every day there's a new sale on certain games. So you can keep an eye out on that. You can refund a game. You can update it. I don't know if you can update a game. Only if your headset's on. You can screen record or screencast. Get the Oculus Companion app. It makes a difference. Helps you able to keep an eye on things when you don't have the headset on and it makes a world of difference in communicating with friends until you get your headset on to know if they're online or to know you know because it's one of those things where if you've got friends who have it and you want to jump online at the same time or relatively same time same game you're gonna want to time that right because um it's never fun if your friend if you all have the same amount of time to play but your friend isn't able to because their headset dies 30 minutes to an hour before you do. That's not a fun experience. It's not the end of the world, but the the app helps time things out and keep in touch. So definitely get that. And once you get it all set up, which isn't very hard, it took me an hour. Get through the tutorials, took me another hour. And by that point, I had to charge your headset. Uh, you're good. You're good to go. There are a few free games you can get from the start. Um, once again, to each your own. This is all subjective. I downloaded a few i tried some i didn't really like any i got echo vr that seemed promising i heard that's one of the better free games it is hands down it's one of the best games on there but i am prone to motion sickness and for those who are prone to motion sickness or just those who are getting started in it you have to take two weeks to get acclimated as soon as you start feeling dizzy burping nauseous any signs or symptoms of motion sickness, stop immediately. Just take off the headset. Call it quits. It doesn't matter how far you are in the game. It doesn't matter who you're playing with. It doesn't matter. You may not get motion sickness, and if so, kudos. But if you do, at any point, take a break, because in those two weeks, if you don't, and keep pushing and you make yourself sicker, you can prolong the adjustment period it takes to actually get acclimated to the headset. And if you need assistance, like wearing motion sickness reduce, reduction, uh, you know, little wristbands, those C-sickness bands, um, if you need to take a motion sickness pill, uh, and if, you, if, if it's not that severe, or if you don't want to go to the trouble, um, just have always stay hydrated. Um, if you can, be in a cool room or at least have a fan on. And if you have a rug underneath you, all those things help reduce motion sickness and actually just help with comfort in general especially have water on you this game doesn't matter what game you're playing unless you're playing like poker and you're sitting down most of these games will get you moving a little bit and you'll want to just have water keep hydrated so those are some tips and tricks i have severe emotions severe motion sickness so i wear my wristbands every day and for the first month i just took motion sickness pills uh, i don't need them anymore i have them if i really want to play it safe but i haven't needed to use them i just put on my motion sickness bands as a preventative, and I'm good. And I don't even know if I need them. I'm just not going to risk it if I don't. So, yeah. 
Also, each game does have a little rating for comfort. It says good, moderate, intense. So, or comfy, moderate, intense, whatever. It, it gives you an idea of how motion sick that game can make you. So, good to moderate, green to yellow, you're fine. Look out for those reds if you're prone to motion sickness. You might be fine. You know, some people who are prone to motion sickness, VR doesn't bother them. Some people who've never had motion sickness, VR does bother them. You know, just play it safe in those first two weeks until you get acclimated. If you're already acclimated, great. So anyway, once you get all that done, and here's the thing about whenever you get a new console, and it sucks, you gotta buy new games. And it it hurts. It hurts a little bit because as, as soon as you buy this $400,000, $500,000, whatever you invest, whatever you're getting, if you get a new console, you're like, yes. You know, you got it and you're like, all right, let's play some games. And you're like, shit, I have to buy the games too, right? Because the free games are only so good. Or like Echo, which is in zero G and it's a great game to play. It's not a great game to start with because you're going to want to get acclimated to VR, this game does not help with that. Unless you have an iron stomach, or unless, you know, you can try it. I'm not saying don't try it. Download it and have it there, and try it if you want. But if, I mean, it's zero G. If you're prone to motion sickness or if you're getting acclimated, it's very likely that will make you sick quickly. It did for me. It did for most of my friends, those who don't even have motion sickness. So, or it might just click, and you might not need to buy many other games. It's a really fun game. I'll get into that later once again. So once you're all set up, buying a game. Here's the thing about the Oculus Store. I don't have a PC, so I can't... I, I want to make one or, or at some point. But I don't have a PC, so I can't link to that. So I'm just talking pure Oculus Quest 2. And I'm talking the games that are optimized... You know, only the games that can be on there through the Oculus Store. Um, there's a lot of great games. Once again, to each their own. I'll name some of mine that I've been playing... I haven't bought a lot of games. I have the 64 gig headset. From the get-go, in reality, you get 52 gigs to work with because of system storage, right? 50 to 52 gigs. Just say, let's say 50 for the sake of argument. Here's the thing, though. That doesn't sound like a lot, and it's not. And it might become an issue later, but for now, you can always uninstall the game, but you still have purchased the license to re-download, so you can re-download it later. There's always that. So it's not the end of the world, and you don't lose your progress. It's just kind of a pain in the butt. I don't think anybody's ever had to do that. Because the largest game by a fucking country mile on the Oculus Quest 2 is the Walking Dead game, which is really fun. It's only like, it's eight and a half gigs. That's the largest game by a long shot. I think the second largest game clocks in at five gigs, maybe six. And then most other games range between 2 to 4 gigabytes. So you can fit a lot when the largest game doesn't even exceed 10 gigs. We're not talking about like a 50 gig uh, storage for games that are 80 to 200 gigs like on consoles and PC. So please keep that in mind. Don't freak out that it's 64. They're not scamming you. These games are not as big. They don't need to be. They're going to get bigger though. They are going to exceed 10 gigs consistently. And once they start doing that and the updates start expanding the size, yeah, then you're going to have to keep an eye on it. But until then, I'm not even halfway through my storage drive, and that's including the 11 gigs taken just to run everything. And uh, I haven't been worried about it. So I wouldn't stress that too much. And I decided, you know what, I'll take a, I'll take a dent and not 
take as much storage to save the extra $100 to put towards accessories and games. And thank God I did, because within a month, you know, I've spent $80, $80 on accessories and about $80 on games. So $160 total plus the initial purchase of the headset. So, once again, that's still not too much when you think about it. It's uh, what, what, it's about a hundred and I paid about f total almost five hundred dollars. Which, when all said and done, for as much games and equipment and fun I have out of it, that's a really good deal. So yeah, I've been playing it for six months, pretty consistently, three to four days a week at least, full three hour play times, two hours, however much I can squeeze in. Sometimes I. Sometimes it dies, I charge it, and I and I come back. Um, but yeah, those are things to look out for uh, and precautions. I know how I started saying these are going to be pros, but I guess this section is just tips and tricks. Now I'm going to get into pros. Okay, sorry about that. I thought I was going to talk about pros, and then I just decided to get in a little into the specifics. I didn't want to, but it just came you know, came to me, I kind of had to get it out of the way. So here's some pros of the, of the headset. And I, that's, that's where I started, right? Price compatibility. We got that, right? You got 15 minutes of understanding why that's all good. The storage size of the games are decent. The price of the games range between free. Once again, not that many free games, so don't really bet on that, but there are a few good free games from $10 at the cheapest I've seen not counting deals, not counting specials. I'm just counting base price. What you see is what you get. 10 bucks all the way to 40. I have not seen a game exceed $40, and those are the big AAA, the Walking Dead one, the the uh Beat Saber. Those are those kinds of games. Most games I've seen range between 20 to 30. Uh that's most of the games I've seen. A lot of the games are discounted. In fact, the only game I've never really seen at a big discount is the Walking Dead one. And that's the big flagship one that's really been doing well for Oculus lately. That's like their that's like their Halo or their Uncharted right now. That's one of theirs. It's not a party exclusive. I'm just saying that's like their mascot that they're pushing through to the finish line right now. One of them. They've got a few. So yeah. One of the best games on there is free though. Echo VR. Definitely check that out. Um, so here are the games that I have that I'm going from memory. I got Table Tennis, I've got Onward, I've got In Death Unchained, I've got Beat Saber, I've got The Walking Dead, Echo VR, Poker Stars VR. And I know I'm missing something. I think I'm forgetting one other game. Anyway. Those are the games I play. I have. Uh, I play most of them at different times. The ping pong one I haven't played as much just because I like it. There's nothing against it. Get it if you like ping pong. I just, it's one of those games I just haven't gotten into and played a lot of. Um, in Death Unchained, I played quite a bit of in the beginning. It's one of the, it's the second game I bought and I really enjoy it. I just don't always play it as much as I do, as I did because there's some new games that I've been playing and that's just how games are um here are my top three games that i keep in rotation echo vr onward and walking dead they all scratch different itches they all play a little you know they're different games and they're all fun for different reasons so let me start with echo vr 
I know I've been talking about it a lot. It's the one I've been playing the most. It's the I think it's going to always be my go-to as soon as I turn on my headset. It feels weird. It almost feels like I was an idiot for not just staying with that game and not spending money on other games. But I love I love all the games I have, so there's nothing against that, I guess. Echo VR is free. You download it, you're good to go. It's not even a gigabyte. It's 800 megs. It's almost there. Um... On Oculus Quest 2 Echo VR, you jump in, it's a zero-G, you're this robot thing, and it's a competitive sports-like brawler game. Red versus, or, or I'm sorry, orange versus blue, or red versus blue sort of teams. 4v4 teams in this zero-G arena with a disc. Each side has a goal, you're trying to grab the disc, score it in the other person's goal within the five-minute time limit. It can run into overtime if you're tied. Uh, once the time limit's over, the game's over unless there's overtime or unless the other person scores 12 more points than what the other team has, which can happen. There are two types of goals you can make. There's two-pointers and three-pointers like basketball. Two-pointers and there's a little boundary, a little little border wall and a boundary in the arena, a little light thing that should, like, just a little line. Right, it's almost a scrimmage line, but it's a little light because it's in zero G that you see. If you shoot past that line, for, like if you're behind that line and you shoot it into the goal, it's a three-pointer. doesn't matter if you're shooting from half court or you're throwing it all the way from your side. If you're within that line, if you dunk it or if you shoot it real close, it's two points. Okay? So those are the simple point mechanics. Now, it's all it's online multiplayer. You can play with friends, up to eight friends, even though there's teams of four. So you can have uh, 4v4, your friends. You could do against AI, you could do private lobbies, but in reality, you're just going to be playing against other people. And I'll get into that in a second. Um, it's a disc. It's like Tron. It reminds me a lot of Tron. The disc doesn't kill people, but it, the disc is the ball. Uh, you, you have boosters on your wrists and one main booster. The main booster has a few seconds to cool down. The wrist boosters don't have as long. You can grab onto things. So you're floating, you're bouncing, and you're gliding. And you're just trying to get to the disc, pass it to a friend, score it however you can, or stop it from being scored. It's pretty simple in its mechanics. It's like a lot of sports. It's a combination of, you know, hockey, basketball, mostly those two things. So... Here's what you can do defensively. You can grab the disc from someone in mid-flight. You can catch it if you're tr they're trying to score. Hell, you can punch it out of the way or block it with your body, right, from them scoring or from them passing, all of that. The, also, the most easy defense method is punching somebody in the head. If you punch them only in the head and they don't block it, which they can do, it stuns them for three seconds. And, you know, you can be stunned too. At any point, you can stun people, so... But you can also, at the same time, block it. If you time it just right and you put up the blocking defense and you learn this all in tutorial, then you don't get stunned and it stuns the other person. Now, something that a lot of people don't realize and may not realize even when they're playing is once, as soon as you grab the disc, doesn't matter if you're on defense or if you're trying to push offensively, as soon as you grab the disc, you can't boost or use your thrusters. You can grab onto things and pull off, and whatever momentum you had going into it is going to stay with you. So it's not like you completely come to a stop, but you can't boost anymore. 
You can let go of the disc and boost a little bit and try to recatch it. But usually you're going to see a lot of people just dump it, throw it as far as they can, or try to shoot it. Now, eventually you get good enough at able to kind of time it so you can glide with the momentum and pull off things and pass to people. This is a game about skill. There is microtransactions. It's not a lot. It's like a season pass battle tier thing. It's all for cosmetics. There is only one arena. It doesn't get old. It's just a big arena. It's fun. The gameplay loop's extremely fun. It's short. It's to the point. It's competitive. You get better. You really do. In the first month, you're going to be terrible at it. I'm sorry. I just guarantee you, you will be. I was so bad at it. There are ways to improve. You can juke. You can maneuver. You can stun people. You can get smarter with your tactics, with your communication, with your team, your friends, your squad, whoever you meet online. You can get better at throwing the disc, bouncing it. It bounces all over the fucking place. So timing to jump and intercept it and get it and float and dodge people and shoot it from a distance. It all takes a lot of time to get used to, but once you do, it's really fun. It's extremely fun. It's non-stop action. It also gives you a little bit of a workout. And if you're playing with friends, it's even more fun. Now, here's the biggest con of the game. Two. There are two cons. The battery usage, how it drains my battery... There's no other game I have that drains the battery like this does. I'm telling you, in 45 minutes to an hour of play, I have lost half of my battery on my headset. You don't think that's a lot, but when you're playing, especially if you've played other games on the Oculus, you realize how fast your battery's dying. And it hurts more because the game's so fun. And, and it can take a few minutes to queue into a lobby. Because there's the social lobby where you meet with people, you can train, you can do some activities, you can kind of just have fun and, and goof around while you're waiting to be queued into a match. The matches are five minutes unless, I, like I said, overtime or there's a mercy win. Mercy wins are extremely rare. Overtimes are pretty rare. Um, it's usually five minutes. But it can take one to three minutes to load into a match. So it's not like you can play a hundred matches in a row or anything. It's like you play five to six if you consistently queue into one and you have to manually press to queue in so if you forget to press the button once you leave the last game and you're in the lobby and especially if your team's waiting you could be sitting there for a few minutes not realizing that you haven't hit the queue so just keep that in mind that's a little tip anyway um so here's the biggest community issue it's filled with kids toxic the most toxic people I've met since Call of Duty lobbies. Oh my god, it's bad. It needs way more regulation. Way more moderation. I'm fine with trash talking. And I'm fine with animosity and, and kind of just getting at each other. That's fine. It's fun. But it gets to a point where it's just annoying, distracting, and kind of just makes you, it gives you a bad feeling about the game sometimes. Here's the thing. You can mute yourself. You can mute everybody else. You can, you can mute their voices in-game. You can mute yourself. All that hell. You can even turn on ghost features so you just see the little orbs. I don't know if you can in-game. I guess in-game you have to see them in their movements. But in the social lobby, you can at least completely ghost them. So there are ways to completely ignore it if you're playing alone or if you're just playing with your friends. Um, the party feature throughout the Oculus headset works in this game. It doesn't cut off like some games. So you can mute everybody in the game and still be able to talk to your friends. No problem. So keep that in mind. You can also do voice modulations if you don't want people to know your real voice. 
That's also completely acceptable. People are going to question you. But the thing is, since it's a free game and a lot of kids get their VR headsets from their parents or whatever, or they get time to play it or whomever, and a lot of teenagers are on this game because it's a fun, competitive sports game and it's free. You're going to see a lot of you can see a lot of toxic kids and stuff in online communities in general, especially on VR. But um, in this game, it's more prevalent. I heard a 15-year-old cursing people out. I heard an 8-year-old saying the N-word over and over and over. I heard, I heard a 17-year-old guy think he was funny by saying a bunch of rape jokes, right? If you're easily offended, if you don't like being called names, just be mindful of that. You can mute everybody. You can ignore it. You can fight back. You can you know getting verbal spats if you want to it's up to you just keep that in mind it's a pretty toxic group when you're and sometimes your teammates are are bad uh also other times you just get great people chill communicative nice um you know it goes both ways and that's how online communities work but this more than ever since like a call of duty chat room and even now modern call of duty chat room games are more civil than this so it's pretty bad Keep that in mind. It's sometimes just annoying. You just have to turn everything, mute it. But it's it's manageable. I have low tolerance for that stuff. I don't get offended easily. I just have low tolerance. It just annoys me. Um, and it just bugs me. And I don't want to get into an argument usually. So uh, I, I usually just mute it or I ignore it. Right? It's just kids being kids, being dumb, exploring, saying shit, right? So you can you can move on from that. It's it's a pain and hopefully it'll be uh worked on eventually. Sometimes what's more annoying are, are people on your team who are tryhards who think everybody needs to be at their level and listen to them. They're like alpha control freaks. It's annoying. So just keep those things in mind. That's really the only con, that and the battery. Other than that, the game's phenomenal. It's extremely fun. Hop in with your friends. Have some fun. It's free. It's just a good time all around. Makes me want to play it right now. <laughs> I just can't get enough of it, really. The other game that's a personal favorite of mine is Onward. Holy shit. I've always had this itch for gaming. I wanted a tactical, realistic, grounded, first-person shooter. But that wasn't... I mean, I am... I want to get a PC, and I'm really interested in Armor 3. And if you know anything about Armor 3, it's like full tech military sim like to the point where it's help it helps uh soldiers who have ptsd or who are trying to or who didn't want to leave the military kind of re you know recoup and, and kind of manage it because it's so realistic it's like it, it would be a good army recruitment tool i don't think it is but it would be uh, armor 3 is apparently this game where you could be waiting for two hours trying to snipe somebody from a distance i mean there's nothing that is taking shortcuts to the gameplay it is very very grounded in realism as much as any game could be full military sim always interested me as soon as i get a pc i'm probably gonna get it the problem with me is as much as i love the idea of that and as much as i might love like 30 minute intervals of that game or maybe a couple hours I don't see myself able to sit around for five or six hours playing that game and consistently having fun. I have a, I'd like to think I have good patience, but I don't think my patience is that good. So I've always liked this blend of little fast-paced action, just that there's action happening. I'm not just walking in a game constantly, right? There's conflict, there's suspension, there's action, there's something that is going to happen or that has happened engagement i just need some sort of engagement into a game right 
but I don't always love it like um, everyone's on crack cocaine and I don't have any second to think about anything or do anything, really. I hate games that are all just reflex-based, right? I like, I like to have... Or if they are primarily good for only reflexes like Call of Duty or even at times Echo, I like when they just give you the option, hey, if you want to just stay back and snipe people, if you just want to stay back and look at the field and try to figure out how to play... That's fine. It doesn't punish you and it doesn't reduce your ability to be good at the game or to help in the game. You know what I mean? I think Battlefield strikes a beautiful balance. And check out my last podcast on Battlefield if you, if you want. I think Battlefield strikes a beautiful balance between engaging, immersive, and constant fun action while staying somewhat grounded and not just being rushing, dying, repeating. You can stay alive in that game for a very long time if you play smart. But it's not like you're not playing. Whereas in Call of Duty, if you wanted to stay alive for a long time, unless you're top 1% god tier, but if you're average, or even if you're good, for the most part, you're not going to be able to live for very long in the game. And by very long, I mean more than 5 minutes. Definitely not more than 10 minutes. Battlefield, you can stay alive for 20 to 30 minutes. And it's not that hard. You just have to not be an idiot. (laughs) So yes... Um, Onward strikes this beautiful blend, though it's in VR, where it is 5v5, or, or no, maybe it's more. Yeah, no, it's 5v5, and, I swear I thought it was more people. And it's attack sim, so it's not Call of Duty, it's leaning more towards Battlefield or Arma. I mean, when you have a gun, you're reloading it. And by reloading it, I mean you're emptying the other magazine, maybe the chamber, and you're putting the magazine from your vest, putting it in, pulling the chamber, looking down sights. It's very realistic. The guns have recoil. They have great sound design. The graphics are, eh, they're good. They're not great. You can see where the hardware on the Oculus Quest 2, as great as it is, sometimes lacks. But the gameplay is so immersive. It's intense. You're ducking. You're shooting. Hitting your shots is hard. Aiming down sights isn't always easy. It's not impossible, but it's not always easy. You can flank. You can bum rush and you can kill people quickly or you can stay back and snipe. Sniping is really hard in that game though. Um, communications key. You know, the stuff that you have on you is on your vest. I mean, you're not like just magically swapping or quick reloading. When your gun is empty, you have to take that time to reload it. Switching to your sidearm isn't a half a second like in Call of Duty or other games. You may drop something. Pulling a syringe to pick somebody up isn't impossible. You just pull up the syringe and you press a button. But sometimes the way the syringe is positioned, you might accidentally grab something else and you get killed. Friendly fire is a thing. Shoot somebody in front of you and they're dead. You might be able to revive them if they're just in a down state. You can't tell if they're in a down state. Also, there's no indicator that's directly stating if someone's an enemy. Of course, if they're shooting at you, it's safe to assume they're your enemy. But sometimes you get shot by friendlies. The indicator is the two teams have different colors. But from a distance, especially with the graphic fidelity that is available, you can't really tell. Uh, Marauders are one team. Marauders? Yeah. And the Volk. There's no campaign. It's just multiplayer, um, from what I understand. And uh, Marauders have better weapons. They're more like the U.S. military or more developed nation Volk are more Soviet. You get AKs and PKMs and stuff like that. 
Marauders, you get M416s and, and carbines and M249s and stuff like that. You know, you see what I'm saying? It's more military. It's more America versus Russia. So, but Marauders are always, if I'm, I swear to God, I might be getting the name wrong. Marco. Mar, no, that's Marine Corps. I don't know what it is anymore. Now I'm getting my names mixed up in other military games. Anyway, the point is, basically the U.S. side has better weapons, but for a lot of matches, depending on the settings, they can't respawn. After They have a certain limited amount of respawns. Um, some matches have no respawn. It just depends on the configuration from the host. Um, uplink is the most common mode in Assault. Assault or Uplink. There's this bomb, this objective, you're trying to get to it. Either you kill the entire team if there's no respawns, or you kill the team until, you know, until the the amount of, if it's limited respawns, until that's out, or you try to complete the objective if there is no respawns. Or, I mean, sorry, if there's unlimited respawns on both sides. Anyway, the Volk is always trying to defend. They post up. They can flank, but you can only go so far before you go out of bounds. You can't, like, spawn kill people, essentially. Um, defending the objective. It just depends on the people, the team, how well you gel, how well you communicate. Or if you're really good or in, in the groove. Because sometimes you can kill three to four people, which is majority of the team. Sometimes you get killed instantly. It's just, you know, it's, one, it's a shooter at the end of the day. But you can take it slow. You can walk slowly. By the way, walking in most games and moving is done by joystick. Don't think you have to completely need an omni-track treadmill you will walk a little bit it's so immersive you'll walk around you'll jump you'll duck you'll be moving but you'll be moving in the guardian boundary also real quick when you set up a guardian boundary it's efficient i've never fallen and i've never knocked anything over you can go out of it it's not impossible nothing's physically stopping you from it it just as soon as you train your brain as soon as you see that red you'll know if your hands and sensors go out of it or if your headset goes out of it um, it doesn't cover for th new things that walk into the room. So if you have a roommate, a family member that walks into the room and you're unaware and they don't realize you're playing or they don't care, you might punch them in the face or you might run into them. Also, things above you aren't tracked. So if you have a ceiling fan, which I do, you may punch it at times, especially if you're playing a game like Echo where you're in zero G, so you're reaching up for the disc or grabbing onto people or reaching down. So just keep that in mind. Most other games, you don't punch things unless you're climbing vertically, which is rare. Um, what else? Or if your animal walks in. My dog has almost tripped and killed me before because I didn't realize I didn't hear him. So just keep that in mind. But the Guardian, for the most part, works beautifully. And so, uh, yeah, you're walking with the joystick and onward, Guns are realistic feeling. It, it's so immersive. It's just the first game I got. I've had a blast on it. I've never really had a bad time. There are times I'm not always feeling it, but yeah, it's a good game. Community's pretty good. You get some toxic players, but it's not too bad. Also, communication's interesting. To communicate with other players, you gotta press down on your walkie-talkie. You gotta give it a second. It's, it's trying to keep realistic, and I appreciate that. It's... It, you could be tactical, you could be slow, you could be smart, have your call-outs, or you can just wait till you see someone and shoot them. It's versatile in its ways of tackling things, 
but it's not super fast paced. You're not running around and shooting and dying. It's a little slower on the Rainbow Six Siege battlefield side. So keep that in mind. But it's a really fun game. Highly recommend it. If you're into military sim shooters, if you're into military shooters, and it's just one of the better FPS shooters on VR, on Oculus Quest 2. So that's good. Now, VR Poker Stars, if you don't know poker, that's okay. I didn't either. It teaches you real quick, and it's a great, it's also a free-to-play game. Communities can also be toxic. Once again, you can mute things like that. That's a good game for sitting down and relaxing if you don't feel like standing up and playing VR that day. Um, none of the thing, none of the money is real. You can pay microtransactions for cosmetics and props, but everything that's in the game is in-game. You don't pay a single dollar to the game unless you buy you know, cosmetics. So don't be worried about that. It's risk-free poker. It's really fun. Poker or blackjack. Um, play with people online. Play with your friends. Um, and it's a good way if you want to just sit down and charge your headset. So that's a good game. Good little cool-down game. What else? In-Depth Unchained is a really fun, quick, you know, just quick overview of that. So fun, but challenging. Roguelite shooter. You're walking through medieval, like, fantasy shooter. You have a crossbow or bow and arrow, depending on which one you choose. And you're just trying to stay alive as long as you can, get powers, power-ups, and kill as many enemies as you can. And the further you get, the more you uncover in terms of enemy types, in terms of power-ups, in terms of the world. But it's hard. Once you die, you start over. That's It's not like, oh, I have to start over again. No, it's not, like, hurtful. It's just... The nature of the game you just start over and it's procedurally generated layouts and stuff so it's not always the same really fun definitely advise you guys check that out and then the last game i'm going to mention in this pros section is the walking dead sinners and saints saints and sinners i always get it flipped whatever the walking dead game it's 40 dollars. it's eight gigs it's the it's the mac daddy of the games it's the biggest game you're going to get because it's a full game. It's 18 hours. Solo game. I wish there was co-op. I wish there was online. It's a zombie survival game. It's not just shooting zombies. There are other good zombie games out there. There's a bunch of other games that are out there that I haven't... <clears throat> excuse me. That I haven't played and I haven't tried. Right. Beat Saber also is really simple. It's just a rhythm game. You slash cubes to certain beats. It's fun. I don't love it for a very long time 30 minute intervals is fine it's a good exercise but i just the music isn't doesn't get me grooving as much as i wanted it to but it's still a fun game especially with friends um but real so yeah anyway walking dead's really good it's a full ass story i mean dialogue trees uh you're walking around you're killing zombies you're collecting stuff you have a home base don't worry, you have a home base. You're upgrading so many upgrades. Skill, trees, traits. But everything's practical. It's all in your backpack. It's all on you. You know, grab a handgun, grab your melee weapon, it's on your holsters. Grab your two-handed weapon, it's on your back. Grab your backpack with your miscellaneous items, it's on your back, right? It's all very just intuitive design. The graphics are good. It's kind of cel-shaded, so it's a little like the, uh, the comics and The Walking Dead, other Walking Dead games. And it's survival, by all means. You you have to watch your food, your stamina, your health, all of that. You need to watch your durability on your weapons. You have to craft new weapons. But it's not boring. 
It's not brutal. It's not boring. There's a bunch of side quests, missions. Fuck it. You can just explore. You can just collect things. If you, you just take it. Whatever pace you want to do. It's open world. Open level. Large open levels. And you just take it however you want. You just want to mainline the campaign. Great. You want to do side stories. Great. If you want to do neither and just explore and get some equipment. Great. However you want to do it, you can. Killing zombies is extremely satisfying. You can grab their skull. You can stab them with a screwdriver. You can blow them away with a shotgun. You can shoot them in the head. You can use a knife, a machete, an axe, whatever you choose. Hell, you can use a spoon, a broken beer bottle. You can break a bottle. You can throw things at them. You can grab them. I mean, it's extremely fun. It, but it's not always easy. And it's not like you're a god. Uh, you're pretty weak in the beginning. You build up to get more strong and have better equipment. But even then... If three or four zombies team up on you, you're panicking. It's a survival game. There are also other NPCs that you interact with and people that will try to shoot you, rob you, steal you, or help you. It's not online, once again. It's all computer. Big story. Extremely, extremely immersive and very, very fun. I haven't been playing it as much because I've been too immersed in Echo VR and trying to get good at that game, and it's just an easy, fun drop-in. Walking Dead's a little more involved, but it's still extremely fun, and I do plan on beating it at some point. So yes, please go check that game out, because that's a really fun, full-fledged game. So the pros are some of the games that I mentioned. I gave you some of my favorites that I've been playing and that I highly recommend you check out. Um, the price point of all these games, the most expensive being $40, which is great for a video game. A lot of these games you can get on sale. Uh, excuse me, on sale. Some of them are free. And th and those are just, those are more action games. Those are what I play. There are puzzle games. There are family games. There are, Rec Room's a free game, by the way. That's a good kind of intro for kids or someone who's new. Um, what else? But yeah, the, the, the pros outweigh the cons. You get a full console, full VR experience, um, you don't need a subscription or anything. You need a Facebook account. You connect with friends. It's party chat. Online play is pretty seamless and, and smooth and fun. Um, you know, oh, the controllers are not rechargeable. They are just AA battery, but they last a while. They have like a 40-hour charge on them, so you're good. Yeah, it's all just really fun and fluid. And, and once you get used to just charging it, putting it on the headset after a few months... In minutes, you're immersed in a world. And sometimes the graphics are lacking, you know. It just doesn't have the computing power it does as, as a regular console. It's running on a lithium-ion battery. It's still plenty powerful. It runs at 90 hertz or up to 120, depending on the game. So it's running smoother and faster than consoles. Not as a... Excuse me. Not as high of a resolution... It's just higher on the HD, you know, 1440 and, and higher sometimes on HD scale, but still it's HD at beyond 60 frames per second, which is important. And it's low latency and it's just really immersive. You get over some of the fact that the fidelity and the graphics aren't as good. Uh, if you have a PC and you plug it in that way, you don't have to worry about battery. I think you get a little bit of a hardware bump because you can siphon some, some of the processing power from your pc and you can use pc steam games as long as you got it plugged in or using the pc stream link so that's cool for my uh, pc fellows 
Um, but yeah, it's all really exciting. It's all pretty new, too. Also, the Quest 2 came out in October, so it's not like it's going to lose a lot of support anytime soon. It's gaining support, gaining momentum, and it's got a big, big fan base. Every A lot of people are getting them. So the pros outweigh the cons. In fact, I only have like one or two cons and ways we can fix and improve them. And that's next. Stick around. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining me. So I talked about a little intro, a little brief, just, you know, my thoughts and my experience with Oculus Quest 2. Then I gave some tips and tricks, disclaimers, what to do when you first get it. And just kind of going over that. I didn't want to spend those 15 minutes. I was like, I recovered it, but it just naturally kind of unfolded that way. Then I talked about the pros, specifically talked about some of my favorite games, and just overview of some of the better things you get out of it if you have a Quest 2 or if you buy one. Here are the cons. There's not many of them, really. Honest to God, I might be just nitpicking and stretching stuff. The biggest con is the battery. That's it. Like, that is the singular... Like, if you said, hey, what's the one thing you'd fix next generation if they make Oculus Quest 3? It'd be the battery. And it doesn't need to be massive. I'm not saying it needs to have 12 hours of playtime. It should have... Well, whenever they say it on the box, it's 30 minutes less than what they say. So, five hours. Six hours. Say, say you have six hours. Or five hours. Honest to God, if it was consistently beyond three and a half hours... It's fine. I I personally don't see myself playing games more than three and a half hours at any time, and I don't see many people able to do that. Um, and if you do, just make it a little faster charging. Not by much, just a little faster for charging, and make it so the battery doesn't degrade as quickly if you decide to charge while playing. Um, because when all said and done for Echo VR, which I've been playing most recently and most consistently with my friends. Let's say I get on. Let's say it takes me 10, 10 minutes to get in the party, make sure everyone's on the same page before we open up the game. Okay. By that point, my headset's dropped to like 98% battery. All right, that's not bad. Okay, and then once I jump into the game, I'm talking within an hour, I'm dropping into the mid-60s, maybe even 50s, give or take, within an hour of the game which isn't a lot of time. And that time flies by because it's a really fun game. So it only feels like it's been 15 minutes because <laughs> you've probably only played 15 to 20 minutes worth of the actual match because the minutes of queuing in and uh, or if there was an overtime match or whatever, an echo specifically. So you might get four to five matches out of it when all said and done within an hour. That doesn't sound right. Maybe you get more. But it could take three to five minutes to queue in, especially if someone forgets to hit the queue in, all those things. And if it runs in overtime, it could be a six to seven to eight minute game. So there are some variables at play, but maybe you get five or six games out of it, which is quite a bit. Um, then that queue time takes up three to four games worth in total, which also for Echo VR, I'd like them to reduce the queue time. I don't know how they could. Maybe there's no way. Maybe that is the best it gets. But if they could, if there's anything that they can do on their side to speed that up and to reduce the battery drainage in Echo VR, that would be a plus. That way we could play for longer, not always be as worried in that game. And that way within a minute to two minutes, not three to five minutes, we're in a match. It shouldn't take as long as a match to law to join a match. 
Unless there's not that many people and you're just waiting for matches to end. I guess that's the reason. I'm, I'm not sure. I feel like there's a lot of people in this, especially since I think it's crossplay. I think PC and other headsets that aren't using Quest 2 are able to play it. So I'm not 100% sure on why that is. It could be technical. It could be just the nature of the beast with the amount of people on it. But anyway, specifically for Echo VR, that does drain my battery the most. So I'm real in reality, I'm getting two hours of headset fully charged, and that's if I let it die fully, which I don't. I get off at about 10%, because if you let it fully die, it's cycling through its charge, and it's going to lose longevity a little faster. So I don't want it to fully die, so I've only had it fully die once. and uh, So I'm, I'm not going to have it fully die every time. At about the 10, 15, 10, and 5% marker, around that time, I'm jumping off. Now, if I time it right, my friends are online at the same time, that's fine, because all of our headsets are about to die at the same time, so it's fine. But, you know, it's just one of those things where you wish you get those extra 30 minutes, and you wish you had an even more 30 minutes of actual game time in Echo specifically. But all in all, the battery does become a headache, because you're just getting, you're having fun, you hit the two-hour mark, you're like, oh, I could do this forever. And then it says 25% battery. And so you might get an extra 30 minutes you might eke out an hour. And it might not always say 20. It might be a 40%. But anyway, when we're, all, when we're talking two to two and a half hours of game time in VR is different than three hours on Xbox because it's so much more immersive. Time flies by. It's really fun. And so you're disappointed. You're like, yeah, shit. And you kind of have it looming in the back of your mind all the time. I do, at least. So I would really like for for the next hardware... I'd like more software updates, integrations, and game developers to optimize it so it doesn't wear down the battery as much, which I think is doable. It won't make much of a difference, but I think it'll help a little bit. It'll extend some time, get more people to play, to be able to play games faster for longer without worrying about battery. So that's one, right? Even squeezing 30 minutes makes a difference. And that can be done within the next year of software updates and optimizations. But I'm talking for next hardware. Give us... Give us a five to six hour. If you can make it six hours, which should be doubling the battery, I don't see how you could do that without making the headset so much bigger. But if they were able to do that, or at least have more efficient usage so it doesn't wear down the battery or combination. If they were able to squeeze it at six hours and you get five and a half hours of playtime, at no point would you ever be worried about your battery dying because could you imagine from 100% to zero having five hours if you're an adult to play Echo? Unless it's like late at night, or not Echo, I'm sorry, VR. <laughs> That's what I've been playing, so it's on my mind. To play games VR in general? I doubt it. You probably just get a headache or probably just get tired at some point because it's it's physically exhausting. To get three to four good hours without worrying about battery would be preferable to three hours advertised, two hours of actual, two to two and a half hours of actual gameplay. Two hours without worry. <laughs> so that's all. And that's not a big thing. It's the biggest thing I can find. It's the biggest complaint I have personally. Um, it's not the end of the world. When you think about it, two and a half hours is plenty of game time, and it's fun. Also, let's say I start playing at 8 p.m., and I play for two and a half hours with my friends, and they usually get off at 10, 10.30 anyway. 
but I am a night owl or I don't have anything the next day. I've got some other friends are hopping on later. I just feel like kicking it by myself. I can charge for an hour and then, then, you know, play for another hour, hour and a half. And by that time, I'm too tired to keep playing. So that's fine. It works. But I'm just saying it would be nice to have from the start a little bigger of a battery. And that's my biggest issue. The other stuff is I'd like, I'd like more clear and concise. And this goes for all game devs. Once you have me invested in your game, especially if it's just an online game, so it's almost a service, especially if I'm paying for it, I want some updates. I don't want your ass to go dark for a year. That's fucking ridiculous. Don't go dark for a year, have one big update, and go dark for another year. That's ridiculous. And don't just... And that also means, like, on their social media, sometimes they don't mention it. And that might be because they're not doing anything other than just keeping up with the game in its current state. But keep in touch. Keep us updated. Give us patch notes. And for fuck's sake, fix the obvious fixes. And this goes for all dev game game developers. This isn't just VR. This is everybody. If the community in Call of Duty is begging you to, to get rid of skill-based matchmaking, fucking do it. It's not that bad. Like, what do you care more about? Some arbitrary system you've put in place that doesn't serve any purpose anymore or the f- people that make the game possible, that play the game consistently, which is more important than those who buy into the game. Because if you don't have players, you don't have a fucking game. I don't care if you're convinced otherwise. But yes, you need money. I mean, you need people to pay and play and continue paying. But more important, you need people to keep playing. You can have a game that sells like hotcakes, but if that game doesn't have consistent player base, especially if it's an online or multiplayer-focused game, you're screwed. So, do shit like that. That's the first thing, if it's that egregious. Also, if you, like the devs at Echo, if you realize from reading the reviews, reading the comments, understanding that everybody is actually really majority positive reviews. People are like, the game's brilliant. The game's extremely fun. The only issue is the game wears down our battery faster than other games. And not by much, but by 30 minutes, which really feels it. The queuing's a little long. And... Even though you go through this whole tutorial and you have to sign off on being good sports and, and not saying or harassing others and not saying mean or violent things or cyberbullying and all that, even though you have to virtually select and say, yes, I agree to these terms, which is good. You want that down. Um, there's no actual regulation, even in the lobbies that are saying that they're being uh, – that they have regulators and, and things that are mods and – not mods – Mods? Modulators? Anyway, the people that are watching over or, or algorithms are making sure toxic and, and hateful players are handled isn't. It's not. It's just, it's so clear that it's not. You just have to hop in and play at least two to three matches and you'll know. And I assume the devs keep up with it and I assume they know. I'm not saying it's easy to fix and that it should, that I expect it to be fixed immediately, but it seems like it's been going on for at least a year and a half. That's a lot of time. They've only dropped, they've dropped, they've done some minimal optimization updates that are good, and they've just had a new Echo Pass, a new season pass for cosmetics. So I'd like, um, I, I would love to see the queuing time and battery depletion fixed on the software side, but they need to fix the toxicity. They need to have some more regulations. They need to have people e- easier to ban, report, and easier to just manage that. 
because that's going to kill that community quickly. And that goes for a lot of things. That goes for a lot of games. Just listen to what people are saying. It's not hard to sift through. You know, when 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 a whole community is shouting, yes, I agree, when when tweets are getting retweeted into the thousands and hundreds, well, not thousands, hundreds of thousands or millions and likes and or if you see, I don't know how it works, but if you're running the marketing side of a certain dev team or a game and you get a thousand DMs and comments and posts about why won't you fix this and you don't fix it for a year, what do you expect from the player? Do you expect them to keep just dealing with it? And it depends on how severe it is. If it's just something that bugs them personally, and it's not going to be that big. If it's a fundamental issue with the game to the point where it hinders the ability of people's enjoyment, you're going to lose people quickly if you don't handle it. And I think devs know that. And I think I'd like to think they're trying, but I also know deep down inside some of the times they don't care or they're too focused on something else. So it's a balance. I get it. But I do think certain devs, even if they're working on other games, projects, managing, or even if they're doing managing a lot, they don't show it. I have no proof that the these devs are making these updates and, and hearing these complaints. And that goes for a lot of devs. I'm talking about, you know, I'd like to see Rainbow Six Siege maps reworks to be slowed down. I'd love to see an original playlist for Rainbow Six so people who haven't played in a while can can jump jump in a playlist and play on the maps that before any of their reworks. And I think that'd also be good nostalgia throwback for uh, us players who were there within the first month of Rainbow Six coming out. Because it's been out for six years and it has radical changes. And that's kind of the formula of it. But it also gets to a point where if you don't play it consistently for two months, you're already out of the loop. doesn't matter if you played it consistently for five years. I'd like Bethesda to stop launching their games to be so buggy. I'd like Call of Duty to fix some of their toxicity. To make their maps more dynamic. And to... Get rid of skill-based matchmaking. And and just ban hackers, cheaters, trolls, and spammers. Just ban them. And I know they're doing it at mass volume, but keep doing it. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying it should be done because if you care about the product you put out and the people that are using it and playing it, you have to care about their opinions and their feedback, especially in something as interactive as gaming. So the cons of the headset are the battery sometimes and... And the updates that are coming with the headset are great. They've added integrations to Facebook Messenger. There's eventually going to be text notifications from your phone to your headsets that you'll see. The The upgrades and the updates are already coming at mass volume and are tremendous. And Oculus is keeping up. Uh, they have a bunch of new games on the way, which I'm excited for. So it's all good news. It's all very exciting. It's promising. And I can't wait to see the accessories, the games... The updates in the community grow as the funding, the support, and the general consensus for VR grows with it. And uh, once again, <clears throat> Oculus Quest 2 is an incredible piece of con- gaming console. I've had six months with it. I've logged a lot of hours into it, and I've had nothing but fun and enjoyment 99.99% of the time. And if I didn't, it's only because I was either motion sick or because I was getting annoyed by a little kid calling me the N-word, which will happen. But if you can get over that or just ignore it, then you're fine. So thank you all for tuning in and listening. I appreciate it. I will maybe do another podcast. Who knows? But I wanted to get this one off my chest, off my mind. 
I've loved the Oculus Quest 2. I've had a lot of thoughts on it, and I have more, but maybe another time, another place. And uh, I'll see you next time in whatever I decide to discuss then. Thank you all.